As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welcome to the Faint Happy Hour podcast with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of The Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> the zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. They'd get him. I don't even have a joke, Dave. Dave smells like nougat. Now here's your host, Ralph Malbrose. All right, welcome to the Saints Happy Hour podcast. As always, we yeah. are Yeah, baby. Seven and one. This the Happy Hour podcast is sponsored by JLD Hot Sauces and Knives, guys. They have the best hot sauce. Their award-winning hot sauce, Boot Jolica, comes in hot, extra hot, my personal favorite. I was eating it on eggs this morning, and Thai flavors. They also have Reaper Madness Special Reserve. Made with Reaper Pepper from Carolina. And for the Brave, you can get the Death Shot. It has the extract of 10 Reaper chilies in each one-ounce bottle. JLD also has the highest quality handmade knives you'll find anywhere, including ones for hunting, fishing, and cooking. They make a great gift for people that use knives a lot in your family. You know, that want good quality knives and are tired of having shitty knives from Target that don't cut anything. They have the best quality knives, so go to JLDSharpSauce.com and use the code SAINTS. Get 10% off your order today. That's JLDSharpSauce.com. Uh, Dave, you were at the game yesterday. Uh, the Michael Thomas touchdown celebration was fucking fantastic, and the people that hate it are old and boring and don't like fun was it as awesome in person as it was in TV, as it was watching it on TV? It was fucking amazing. I knew ex- as soon as he went to the goalpost, I knew what he was doing, and I cackled like a schoolgirl. Shit. Sorry, I lost my... What just happened? <laughs> yeah, Dave, did you just like die and no. choke on a, <laughs> I, a Johnny I, Ranch I, or something? What? I knocked the 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 microphone out of the port in my computer. <laughs> That's almost as bad uh, as my son yesterday. Dave, Dave was very excited at you reenacting what happened. Yeah. My, my son ripped out my microphone yesterday as I started the patron-only podcast, but Kevin, he just came up and just ripped that shit right out. But but go ahead, Dave. Anyway, anyway. Um, I, 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 it was hilarious. It was great. You know, 15 years after Joe Horn, uh, it was an homage. Um, he did the oxygen mask after. He took it to another level. <laughs> um, Any you know, chance that part was happenstance? No, no, that was totally. <laughs> yes, I've seen that was... less commitment from top quality cover bands or tribute bands. Don't <laughs> aren't that committed. Um, I, you know, it, it's it's awesome that he got an actual flip phone. He didn't just like you know use an iPhone or, or his phone or something like that. Uh, obviously, it was funny because you know, and they discussed this. You know, like where do you even go buy a flip phone nowadays? And he said they had to go to the liquor store props to um, Camara for tweeting out the dave Chappelle line yeah yeah i saw liquor you store, gun store gun store gun store liquor store <laughs> yeah. um but 
I'm not an old fart. I think it was cool. It was awesome. But at the same time, I mean, and, and I know, and I know, Juge feels this way. I saw him on Twitter. You know, he's he 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 said, "Oh, my head, you know, my head says it's wrong, but my heart says it's right." Uh, and I mean, I kind of feel the same way. Um, I, I would have zero problem with it if it was like a blowout game <laughs> um, on either side. Which um, when 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 Joe Horn did it, it was a blowout. It was well, a blow the fuck out. Michael yeah. Strahan is still bitter. Game, you can see game, it in his face. I don't. That's not true. What you guys are saying, actually, it was the, the game ended up being a blowout. But at the time that Joe Horn did it, I think oh. maybe that put them up by like you know uh, ten points or fourteen points, and it was only in the first half. Um, you have a better memory on that than me. I I could have sworn. No, I don't. I no, I don't have a better memory than you. We all know that that is absolutely patentedly. the youtube video and i looked at the clip um <laughs> so um but uh that that being said i mean obviously that touchdown in that moment was a pretty badass time to pull that out uh you know when 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 you've got the what you expect to be the the nail in the coffin touchdown in a pretty sick game uh, you know, that's a pretty badass time to do that. I mean, now here's, here's, here's my thing though. Okay. Here's my thing. There had to have been, he had to have bought, I'm hoping he's the smart. He had to have <laughs> bought two, two cell phones because how did he know that he was going to score in that end zone? So I propose to you that he actually put two cell phones and he put one cell phone and eat under each thing. And here's the thing though. Was it, was it was it uh, was it has it been planned for has he been is was it just this week or had he been planning for a couple of weeks, Andrew? Because he hadn't scored in a while, right? And he hadn't had a big game. So are the, have the cell phones there, just been sitting there, been there and, for like yeah, for four weeks? There's been high school games and uh, <laughs> and other he, shit going on. In the Super I, Bowl. I think he saved it for this week because you know the the stakes were high. Uh, you know they haven't played at home in a couple of weeks, right? So I think he would do it at home. And I just, I don't know. I I think it was because of the opponent, because of the enormity, and he knew that everyone would be watching. And here's the thing, too. And and, and Andrew, I think I said this, like, during his first season. And I don't mean it in a – I didn't mean it in a bad way then, and I don't mean it in a bad way now. Michael Thomas wants to be a fucking star not just in the NFL, but he wants to be a star outside the NFL. He wants to catch all the passes. He wants to make all the money. And he wants to be like Odell Beckham. Now, you can knock that. And you can say, I don't like that. You need to be for the team. And, and don't showboat and all that. That ain't what he wants, dude. He wants to be a fucking star. He fired his... He, by the way, his agent like quit last week on him, which is odd. So, like, he wants to be a star. And he, like... He was the story that's of, kind of the a bad, weekend. That's, that, that's kind of a bad sign to me, by the way, that his agent quits on him. I mean, he's about to get paid. Yeah, right? he is. He's, he's about, about to get, to get like paid. 18. He's about to get like 70 million guaranteed. Right. And there's something so wrong that that his agent is willing to just walk away from that money. Maybe his agent was like an old white guy like Joe Buck and was like, if you do the cell phone thing, it was horrible 15 years ago. And if you do that, Michael, I am out. And he's you like, know what? Let me tell you something. You know what old white guys like? They like money. They really <laughs> like money. <laughs> it's true. It is true. Okay? Um, they, like, they like money. And for the most part, I think they'll put up with a lot of shit. You know, for get, the record, I am white. Money. I'm not old. I am white. And I also <laughs> like money. <laughs> uh, and and old white guys will do a lot of shit and put up with a lot of shit uh, to get said money. So, uh, I mean, my, Michael Mike Thomas would probably any agent would probably love to have Michael Thomas uh, right now as far as money is concerned. So I, I don't know. That's to me that seems like a red flag. I didn't even know that till right now. I'm not, I mean, interesting. I'm, I'm off the cuff here. Isn't this like his third agent in three years? Yeah, he might be one of those dudes that, like, he, you know, I mean, he wants he wants endorsement. He wants to be a star, and the agent ain't getting it done, man. He wants this fucking State Farm commercial like Aaron Rodgers. Um, Andrew, I'm watching this game, and 
at first I was like, Kamara doing his the first touchdown where he he had three Rams dudes surrounding him and then he like disappeared and he's in the fucking end zone. That was amazing. We talked about M- Michael Thomas having two setting the record for most Saints re- receiving yards in a game. That was amazing. Breeze was amazing. But the thing that I think was most amazing is the Saints hadn't allowed a sack in two weeks and and we always say the offensive line is great. And mm-hmm. then I saw the highlights of the Minnesota Vikings, who played the Detroit Lions. They fucking murdered Matthew Stafford and sacked his ass ten times. Drew Brees, I think he got hit three times by a Rams defensive line that is supposedly the most intimidating, badass defensive line in football. Drew Brees had pocket where he had fucking all day a lot of times. This offensive line, is it better than 2011? It might be. I don't. I do not throw this out lightly because 2009-2011 offensive lines were incredible. But you said it. I mean, let's look at the last three weeks. Going into the Ravens game, the Ravens had just sacked Mariota ten times. Then <laughs> they play the Saints. They sacked them once, just once. Then they faced the Vikings. And you just talked about the Vikings who got 10 sacks the subsequent week against the Lions, zero sacks against Breeze. And then you've got the Rams who just traded for Dante Fowler. They already had Sue. Aaron Donald has 10 sacks already by by himself this season. And it's half the year. It took him half the year to get 10 sacks. And they had a goose egg in sacks. So over the last three weeks, you look at those defensive lines – they were murdering everyone they play, and they had one sack in three games to show for it. Um, so I know Sean Payton does a great job scheming this stuff. Uh, by the way, that blitz pickup by Mark Ingram was unbelievable. But Just the best. Uh, I, I know they do a great job of scheming this stuff. I know Breeze gets the ball out quickly, um, but this offensive line is as good as any I've ever seen, man. They are they're playing amazing, especially in pass protection. Yeah, I mean, I think I think I can make the argument, Dave, that of all the Saints' awesome rookie class from last year, the guy who has taken the biggest leap is Ramchek, and it's not even close. Like, everybody else has kind of regressed except Kamara, who's still awesome. But, like, Ramchek has become, like, the best right tackle in football. Um... So I guess my question is, Dave, if the offensive line is this awesome, if it's as awesome as Andrew says it is, is this offense better than 2011? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think so. Who do you have in 2000? Do they still have Knicks in 2011 or not? Yeah. That was yeah, his okay. last year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I really do think so. I mean, you've got Armstead, who's uh, Bushrod was. Well, who was who was 2011 left tackle? Was Bushrod? Bushrod because or? Jamal Brown got yeah, the I mean, attorney and was, Goodwin, was done. Johnny Jonathan Goodwin was good though, gone though, right? No, he was there as center. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was. It was Bushrod. So um, the only difference from the Super Bowl was Streif at right tackle. Yeah. Yeah. Who I mean was I think arguably better than Stinchcomb. Right, yeah, but I mean, you've got Armstead is significantly better when he's healthy, obviously, uh, over Bushrod. I mean, that's an upgrade, um, you know. And then, like you just said, as far as Ramcheck is concerned, he could obviously he could be the best right tackle in the entire league. So, you know, you're starting with uh, two incredible bookends. Um, so, yeah, this definitely could be. And it needs to be. It needs to be this good because, you know, they need Drew to be upright and they need Drew to be able to to do what he's doing. You know, make no bones about it. I mean, Drew is having an incredible season, uh, and a lot of that, uh, I'm sure he would say this too, is uh, in a lot of that is because of how well the offensive line is playing. You know, you know, Andrew. The thing is with the Sean Payton offense that we. You know, we used to joke about it is like Devery Henderson and Meacham were like fantasy lottery tickets, right? Because you, the Saints offense was great, but they weren't consistent. And you never knew like when they were going to catch six for 90 and a touchdown, right? 
I feel like Michael Thomas isn't that in a sense that he's not a lottery ticket, obviously. But there's this sense of the Saints that in big moments and in big games, they really roll it out and are like, fuck it. We're going to Michael Thomas. You can't stop it. We don't do it every week. But when we need it, he's the guy that's getting the ball and you have no answer. And the Rams, Marcus Peter got Marcus Peters got just turned to ash. Yeah, I was surprised. I mean, you know, he was for a minute there maybe not the best corner in the league, but certainly but, one of yeah. the best playmaking guys. And, uh, yeah, it just goes to show, you know, I, I, you got to be careful about these trades. And, you know, the Rams, uh, they mortgaged a lot of their future to get guys like that. And, uh, you know, it, it come, NFL comes at you fast. And, you know, when those guys start to regret uh, and you give up your future for a guy like that and then you have to cut cut them and take a huge cap hit, um, you know, it's not great. So Well, I mean, the thing is – the thing is, to me, with Kansas City, is their defense is fucking horrid. It would be the equivalent of the Saints in two years shipping out Lattimore and their defense still being shitty. Like, why would you do that? Kansas City just didn't do it just because, eh, you know, they did, they did it because they're like, we're not paying him, he's a knucklehead and all that. But, I mean, like... It, it's almost like this offense, they, Dave, the only weakness I can see with them is they, they kind of suck on third and like more than eight, but that's like being like, who, uh, who first, the Saints? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they, they don't complete. Everybody sucks on third and more than eight. Well, no, I mean, some teams are good, like, like Atlanta's, <laughs> Atlanta's been really good at it this year, but I mean, like the Saints convert like, in the bottom five of the league, uh, at it. But is that, yesterday is that they were really good, so they might have bumped up. But I mean, Dave. But besides that's still that, just third and eight. I, I think. Did you just make that up? Like, do you? No, have I didn't. It's, it was on Twitter today. Back, I saw, or I was on Twitter Friday. I saw it. It was, and it was a, it was a, it was an actual graph. It wasn't like a. I forget who it was. It was one of the football outsider people. Okay. Well, I, I distinctly remember in this game, back to back, third and more than eight. And, and they picked it up. Three, yeah, twice in a row. They picked it up, and I pinged the people that were saying it was terrible. But besides that, Dave, this that is offense, such a that is such a specific. <laughs> I mean, that's like that's like you you're just looking for something. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Like that was going to be my point. Like if we're if we're if we're <coughs> arguing, we're arguing about on Saints Twitter. We're arguing about the Saints not being good enough in third and long. I watched the rest of these teams. Like Buffalo has gone like forty possessions in a row without a touchdown. I mean, it is the the definition of first world problems. But my larger point is, well, by the way, uh, I mean, let's see here. I mean, just in third down, on third down in general, it looks like they're. I can't get a ranking here, but I mean, it looks like they're. Better than the average. They're better. They're way better than last year. They were going into the week. They were eleventh, and last year they were nineteenth. So they're way better. But I was. And I thought they, I heard. I thought I heard Bobby Abair say on the way home today that over the last twelve years, the Saints were second behind only the Patriots in oh third yeah. down. Like convert. last year, it was they were nineteenth, and it felt like they were a fucking disaster on third down because we're used to being in the top three. But my my point that I was getting to in making that making fun of all the Saints fans for, for nitpicking the offense is, do you see a defense or do you see a plan that can st- can stop the fucking Saints? I mean, I don't see, a, besides Cleveland, who really slowed the Saints down by whipping Unger's ass, I don't see a defense or a plan that's going to slow down the Saints and come in. I mean, the Saints could lose a playoff game. They could lose at home. But I don't see a team coming in here and being like, oh, my God, they held the Saints to 16 points in a playoff. What the fuck happened? Like, I don't see that happening. I don't. Do you see a defense in the NFL that could slow down the Saints and hold them to under 24? No, not really. I mean, you look at, I mean, they, they've played eight games and in four games, they've scored over 40. Um, so have third games, they're putting up 40 points. So, 
I really think the only thing that can stop the Saints offensively is themselves. Seriously. I mean, you just look at the weapons. I think the the wrinkle that has made them unstoppable is Taysom Hill. I mean, we have gone through this whole podcast. We haven't even talked about Taysom Hill yet. And I think that's because he's kind of a footnote. You know, you've got Mike Thomas. You've got this ridiculous offensive line. You've got Kamara, uh, Breeze, of course. I mean, even... I would say you know, Ben Watson had a good game, but I would say even Mark Ingram gets mentioned before Taysom Hill. You know, he's a, foot, he, he's a footnote in this offense, but, like, you look at that fourth down play where the ball's out stop of that? Breeze's hands. You can't. You can't. Because you, you've you got this guy who has the football in his hands, and you're like, no, we've got to cover Breeze because he's going to throw it to him. And if it's most quarterbacks in the league and you've got Breeze bottled up, the play's over. But you've got a quarterback that runs a 4-2-40, the ball in his hand, and there, there's literally no one on the Rams' defense that can run with him. Not one person. But he, he's the, the fastest guy on the field. Like, you run that pitch play, and teams have practiced against it all week, and you're a safety, and you know it's fourth and one. What do you do? You know that if you go up to stop him on the run, there's a Saints receiver running fucking behind you, and he's not like... He's not even like a Tim a Tim Tebow or one of these dudes where you're running Wildcat. Like he's a legit quarterback where he'll stop and maybe his accuracy isn't great, but if a dude's wide open, there's a, probably like a 90% chance that he's going to hit him. Like that play Andrew, it's literally unfair. I don't know I don't know what you do except hope that your your defensive he's line pretty, gets so much pressure you, you I mean, blow it up. Runs- he runs people over. I mean, he's hard to tackle. He's a big dude. Um, but then you add his speed. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just not fair. I mean, it's unbelievable that Sean Payton, of all people, gets to use this guy um, and, and be so creative with him. But he, look, man, Sean Payton, I think it's easy for guys when they've been successful to kind of rest on the laurels and not be as creative. But you've got to give Sean Payton so much credit, especially at this stage of his career, to find a player like that and basically create a role out of nothing and and create all these plays that have never been in his playbook before that we've never seen the Saints offense do. And he has basically tailor-made these plays for a guy who has a unique skill set, and he's found a way to get him on the field with Drew Brees to utilize his assets. It's it's unbelievable that Sean Payton would pull this off. But yeah, I you think, know, but, I, I've actually, I, I wanted to mention this. I wanted to mention this for a couple of weeks, actually, and I've and I've never gotten around to it, or I've just plain forgotten about it. But you know, we have been gushing, obviously, for obvious reasons about everybody on this team. You know, everybody's playing great. This is a great football team, uh, and I have wanted to for the past couple of weeks wanted to say we really need to also gush over Peyton. I mean, Peyton, you know, Breeze is having a top. You know, Breeze is, is is having a career year, even this late in his career. Uh, Taysom Hill, Kamara, Mike Thomas, all these the offensive line. Everybody's having this this career year, but but we we don't even mention Sean Payton. I mean, Sean Payton himself, I think, is having uh, a career year, a, uh, a, a a second life to his coaching career. I would say. Um, I mean, he's. He, he's he's gotten even more aggressive. I mean, he was always an aggressive play caller, but I mean, you know, he's kicked it up a, a notch now. The Saints, Saints have what gone gone for ten fourth downs, and they've gotten nine of them. I was going to uh, say, so Dave, working too. But I mean, Peyton has. I mean, Andrew nailed it. I mean, he's he's created a new position with Taysom Hill. He's 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 got three. He, you know, he's got the three quarterbacks out there on one play. I mean, he is like a mad scientist at this point. I know he's having fun with it, but he's like, you just, you have no idea what he's going to come up with in his little lab that he's tinkering in. And it's like, it's like if Sean McVay did this, like you'd be like, well, he's a young coach and he's energetic and he, he's creative and he's, you know, he's eager and he's hungry to, to get his name out there. But Sean Payton's established, like, how many coaches like Ditka, for example, have we seen that had success <laughs> and that just like think they know it all and, and are never reinventing themselves? Like yep. Sean Payton's an old dog, yeah. you know, well, and he's a, learning new tricks. Oh, he's yeah. Here's and I mean, he's kind of he's 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 reinvented of himself, I think, by going back to 
uh, old Sean Payton, to be quite honest with you. I mean, remember 2006? I mean, that's what everybody was talking about. Sean Payton was like changing the league and changing the offense, you know, and, and he was, you know, he was a, a big deal. And obviously, you know, he's got comfortable and that kind of change. And I think he's back again now to being a big deal, to being revolutionary well, with, with the offense. Well, Dave, I think he's kind of like you, where for your Tulane <laughs> shop, you're always on Instagram looking at the college kids, seeing what they like, seeing what <laughs> merch you can sell them and slap a Greek symbol on. You got to keep up with the trends, right? And you can't like rest and, and you got to do it and you got to keep up with it. And some people don't want to do that. Right. Sean but Peyton Payton is like, setting trends now. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. And like. Sean Payton, he just he does it and he and he and he enjoys it. The only other coach that I I would say is is really close to him that's been in the league a while, Andrew, is is Andy Reid. Like he's got Mahomes and he's fucking running the Big Twelve spread. Now. Yeah. All right. But I think all right, it's all right. a case You're, of you, you brought Mahomes, so I I need I need to say something here. Okay, we we've waited long enough for this. Okay, I, I'm <laughs> I'm growing impatient. You know, we're, I don't know how far into this podcast we are now, about almost half an hour. And, you know, I'm fed up, Ralph. So I've got two things I need to get off my chest right now. Number one, the Saints had an interception on Sunday. So go ahead and play the, thank you. Yep, that's what I'm looking for. Just, just another great contribution that the Italian community has made to this country. So thank you for that. I I needed to hear that. Secondly, you're welcome. um, Yeah, we're we're ready. I'm ready to reignite. Not that it ever went away, but Breeze kind of had a quiet game, a mediocre game against the Vikings. But I'm ready to reignite Breeze for MVP. Do not like he just went up against Goff. And yeah, you gotta early. beat the drum. You gotta be fair. You gotta beat the both, drum, baby. You can't. You can't take players, a day off went, when you can't beat it head for something head. important. He went up head to head against two guys that are being talked about for MVP. He beat them. He outperformed them. Gurley had 68 yards on the ground. He was stuffed by the Saints defense. Goff threw a pick. You know who he threw a pick to? We just listened to the music. You can play it again if you want, Ralph. <laughs> And thank you for that. Anzalone. <laughs> Anzalone. And, that was a uh, kick. But seriously, that and, and interception Breeze, and was Breeze was on fire. I mean, four touchdowns, you know, once again, crazy accuracy. He has one pick on the year, and he leads the NFL in completion percentage. He leads the NFL in rating. So I'm going to tell you this right now. It's a two-horse race, as far as I'm concerned, between Breeze and Mahomes. And if I hear one goddamn pundit tell me that Mahomes deserves it over Breeze because of yards, if I hear one guy say... Go ahead. Oh, son of a bitch. of leading the league in passing and never getting an MVP. <laughs> That's a great point. That's a great point. Um, no, I don't I, – I mean, I don't know. Gurley, to me, is is more of a, a contender than Mahomes, in my opinion. I mean, he's got no. a crazy – he's yeah, got a crazy I, amount of – he's I got, mean, like, what, 14 touch? He's got a crazy amount of touchdowns. He's got, like, 16. Yeah, but he's a um, running back. A quarterback is just, you know – well, I understand I mean, that. I but can you, almost but, make the argument that they, you're right. If it's Breeze, if it's Breeze versus Mahomes, uh, you've got to give it to Breeze. And one because of I, I would say one because of his lack of interceptions. Two because of his age and just out of pure respect. Um, uh, and three because yeah, you can't just give it to Mahomes just because of yardage. That's the that that would be that would be the most bullshit move ever. Well, here's the here's the thing is I was thinking a couple of weeks ago that Kansas City's defense was really atrocious and that they may have like a little blip and dip down and not go like 14 and 2 or 13 and 3 and they might go like 12 and 4 but man I look at them like they they got a pass rush like I don't know that they're going to fade and if they go if they go 14 and 2 and Mahomes gets 
breaks the Peyton Manning touchdown pass record, he it's just going to be hard to, to get it. You know, I don't – like, we're going to have to beat the drum really hard, Andrew. Like, it's going it's, it's, it's to be an uphill battle. I'm here for it. Because the thing is, yeah. completion percentage isn't as sexy – even if Breeze is at 78%, it isn't as sexy as 57 fucking touchdowns from a home. So it's just, it's an uphill battle. Um, yeah, Breeze, I mean, I got a, uh, he's got to keep got a, winning. I got an ESPN alert on my phone, actually not too long ago, that said it was an article. They were pushing an article about, you know, who's in the running for uh, NFL MVP. And, and it said Breeze, uh, Mahomes, Ryan. Were they referring to Matt Ryan? Yes. Was Matt that a Ryan reference to Matt a better Ryan? Statistical year than his MVP year. Well, that doesn't mean that he deserves it this year. That just that means he just shouldn't have gotten it that year. He got it. <laughs> I love your I love your your I love your hatred of the Falcons and dismissal of Matt Ryan. That was so smooth and beautiful. Well, but I mean, but I mean seriously, <laughs> though. I mean, is is I mean, can, can we really put? Uh, uh, Atlanta hate aside, Falcon hate aside here. I can't put that aside. <laughs> All right. Well, then, Andrew, putting that aside, I mean, can, can we really include Matt Ryan in this conversation? Well, no, because, I mean, we know that it's a popularity contest, and, and you can't win it without winning. winning. Yeah. <laughs> the Falcons are 4-4, four and four, so, I mean, <laughs> once again, like – if Breeze isn't allowed to be in the discussion despite being awesome because his team is seven and nine, like never mind the fact that he made the worst defense in NFL history seven and nine, which in my opinion should make him eligible for MVP. But if we've decided that he's not even in the conversation because of how bad his defense is, Matt Ryan doesn't get an exception. Sorry. Yeah, it's weird with it's weird with football in that winning is such a huge part of the MVP race. Whereas in like baseball, I mean, it's, it's just like, like, it's like the Heisman trophy. It's the, always yeah. the best player for the best team. But yeah. But baseball is, is a little bit different. Here's the thing that I would argue. I think it's time for the NFL to separate MVP and quarterback and make quarterback like Cy Young is for baseball for pitchers where you're like, they have a quarterback of the year and they have an MVP and the quarterback can win both but he shouldn't unless he's like off the charts fucking good um because i just think i mean it's basically become an mv it's it's basically become the most valuable quarterback um all right we got to do um the hot take of the week and then of course is sponsored by the saints the hot take of the week is sponsored by jld hot sauce and knives guys they have the best hot sauce they're award winning hot sauce bucho liga comes in hot extra hot and thai flavors Go to JLDSharpSauce.com and use the code SAINTS and get 10% of your off your order today. That's JLDSharpSauce.com. This week, the hot, take of the, the hot take of the week is by me and Dave. You feel free to mock it, but I believe it with all my heart. Right now, the Saints' best corner is P.J. Williams. <laughs> he, ma- he makes more plays... More big plays than all the rest of them motherfuckers in the secondary combined. Yes, Lattimore might be a little bit better, but he looks slow. And I'm telling you, don't tell me Kurt Coleman's better than him. Don't tell me Vaughn Bell's better than him. Who's making more plays? Marcus Williams is invisible. Who is a better defensive back? Eli Apple just sucks. Yes, he tackles dudes without the ball like an all-pro. But P.J. Williams is the best cornerback the Saints have right now. Tell me I'm wrong. You're wrong. Why? I mean, because he's being thrown at constantly, and Lattimore is not because his coverage is good, and quarterbacks don't want to test him. So, yes, he was beat deep by Brandon Cooks, who's faster than almost any corner this week. Um, But that's the one play that you saw. I mean, what we're not seeing is – three quarters of the game where Lattimore has perfect textbook coverage and therefore the ball's not coming his way. It's not so. a lie if you believe it. Breaking news, the New Orleans Pelicans are never fucking winning again. 
I think Alex Anzalone is our best cover. Our best cover. <laughs> I, I will. I will say this. <laughs> on the, I think it was the fourth down play where that P.J. Williams was on Cooks, um, and he had great coverage on him. I mean, even watching it happen live right there, uh, I watched the whole play go down. And I was actually genuinely impressed because, I mean, PJ was all over Cooks. He was turned and looking at the ball a good two seconds. He had he had spotted the ball a good two seconds before Cooks had turned his head. Uh, there was he, he was just all over that. And I remember saying right then and there, I said, that, that's a great play. I mean that was a really good play. And I don't I don't know whether was that a big deal on TV? Was that like a big yeah, deal when you no, watched I mean, TV? Yeah. I mean the the thing about PJ Williams is and it was designed to be a hot take, but I think the guy I like him because he throws his body around recklessly. He he tackles like a dude that knows that how he tackles is one of the main reasons he still gets an NFL paycheck. I like that. And I don't like, I don't, I accept him as that he's not that good of a corner, but Andrew, I just need a little bit balance on the scale. And yes, the scale of bad plays to good plays is not quite even. It's probably like 65 bad, 35 good, maybe 60, 40. But as long as the scale is close or getting closer to 50 50 i'm okay with it because that's what you want out of a guy like him especially from where he was when he was struggling so bad uh and i just wanted to give him some love uh but more on eli apple besides that i mentioned that he tackles dudes without the ball fantastic what did you see from him did you see any hope at all uh, I mean, I feel like he contested a couple balls, but no, not really. I mean, it was, I mean, it, it, it was pretty bad, you know, and honestly, um, I mean, he didn't get beat deep, I guess. So maybe that's better than Crawley, but, um, at some point and we're not there yet, but at some point I, I think you go back to Crawley if he can't get it together. Billy Bando will be excited, Dave. They go back to Crawley. I, I am really disappointed in that Twitter account because, again, they could have really, they could have really run with it and and been a little more subtle. You know, don't tweet a hundred times a day. Um, but I, I think they've they, they they've ruined it. Whoever's running that account, <laughs> it's no fun. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to do a it's hard to do a one trick pony account like like a satire account whether it's Donald Trump's tie or you know uh, Michael Thomas's cell Joe Horn's cell phone like those are fun and they get a bunch of followers to start but it's hard to to churn out them jokes every single day. Um, but, but this- they, they, he, he wasn't he, the whole point of the account wasn't to be a joke account the point of the account was people thought that that was actually him and as soon as the people who own that account figured out that people thought that that might be they should have acted they accordingly and, and not made it a joke account they, they should have kept leading people on to believe <laughs> uh, that it maybe could that, that, you know, we should be debating this right now. Is that account really Ken Crawley or is it not Ken Crawley? Oh, I my God, it could be, be Ken Crawley. But it's I not even to be Ken Crawley. Um, but no, but it's man, it's hard. I, I have to do that. That WWL hit every Monday, man. It's hard to come up with like three minutes of semi funny material, you know. So like coming up with like six, seven tweets a day to make people believe you're Ken Crawley, man. It ain't an easy it ain't an easy proposition, Dave. You know? I know that we've been doing this podcast for ten years, and I don't think we could put together three minutes of semi-funny material from you. <laughs> it's true. It's true. We we aren't the number one Saints podcast for quality. We're just number one because we do it every single week. And as the other ones die off, we just keep moving forward. Like cockroaches. That's right. That's right. We just keep, you know, in, in twenty in twenty twenty four when the Saints are four nine and one, we'll still be here, God willing. Um, 
before we get to the 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 it'll be an 18 game season by then by the way <laughs> you're probably <laughs> uh, before we get to be the um 4 11 and 1 the Bengals game uh we got some questions um it's here's an, Andrew Des Bryant and it's just an exclamation point thoughts they're working Des Bryant out and Brandon Brandon Marshall tomorrow it's, wait a minute. Um, wait a minute. Wait. It says it says Des Bryant exclamation point or Des Bryant question mark. No, just Des. It just says Des exclamation exclamation exclamation. Okay. So what, why did you say Des Bryant? Why did you phrase it like a question? <laughs> because I had to phrase it like a question because it's the question segment for Andrew. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, you know, Andrew. The, the real question is Des Bryant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, man, Cam Meredith, this guy, as awesome as this offense has been and, and, you know, as amazing as it's all working out, you know, the one bummer I would say is just that Cam Meredith, especially once Ted Ginn went down, there's a big opportunity for him to kind of, you know, re- revive his career. And it just, it ha- it's not working out. And, you know, I like Traquan Smith a lot and I feel like every week he's kind of ascending a little bit. So, yeah, I don't know how this ends for Cam Meredith, but I'm starting they to think cut, like, they wouldn't cut him though. They would just they would uh, just. I don't, I, I don't him. think they would cut him, but I would I would just think at this point like maybe they bought a lemon, you know, and, uh, and I'm feeling it's not working out, and so. But I mean, you would just. You I wonder if cut him, you'd IR year, him and bring him back next year and see, right? Well, maybe, yeah, 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 totally. But I'll I see. I just I wonder if the Saints are poking around at some of these vet receivers because they're like. Yeah, you know, like we love Thomas, of course, but like, you know, we, we've got Traquan and then we could really use a third guy and Austin Carr is not really happening and Meredith's just not there from his knee. So I mean, they, they'll look, if, they get, if a dude gets hurt, they have to sign a wide receiver that's going to be playing, you know? Right. Um, I'll, I'll say this about Cam Meredith. Yesterday, he spent a lot of time on the sidelines on the stationary bike. Um, and you know who the last guy I saw spending a lot of time on the stationary bike was? Jerry Bird? No, no, Willie Sneed. <laughs> no! He spent a lot of time on that stationary bike last year. What about today? Is today the worst day of your life? Yeah. Dave, you're you are like you 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 could be a sideline reporter and give out nuggets like that. That's a that's that's a better sideline nugget than I've heard on CBS's SEC <laughs> game of the week all fucking year long. Um, so let's do some more questions. Um, let's see. Uh, Michael Thomas joke. Hey, Chris Sims, can you hear me now? Good. Kiss my ass. Not really a question. I asked dude, dude, I watched Chris Sims after the game. I was watching the NBC thing, and, and they asked him about the Saints, and he still refuses to say Breeze's name. He was like, man, they got <laughs> – he was like, they got a lot of great weapons. Kamara had a great game. Michael Thomas, I mean, what a player. Uh, yeah, the Saints are for real. Like, that was his quote. He, he still refuses to mention Breeze. It's unbelievable. Yeah, he's weird. He, he has this – theory belief that like the Sean Payton system like you could plug in Nathan Peterman and it would roll (laughs) like I just I don't understand it I don't get it it's like it's the weirdest thing what did Breeze say to Chris Sims I don't know you know at the end of the game when the two quarterbacks shake hands like obviously Breeze said something about his wife or something my his wife did he ever play versus the Saints when he was in Tampa yeah, he, he must did. have. He I did just don't remember a couple it. times. Yeah, but I, is... I, I don't know. He must have lost the game to Breeze, and like he <laughs> just never forgave him for. He's like holds a grudge or something. It's weird. This is from Dylan, Dave. When the Saints will this? When will the Saints run the same trick play that the Patriots ran last night, except with Taysom Hill? Um. What did they run last night? They ran. I think it was, if I remember right, it was. It's. It's the. Um, it's the backwards pass to Edelman, and then Edelman goes deep for a forward pass. I mean, that's 
that's coming, right? I mean, they ran. That's what they ran. That's what they ran with Willie Sneed in Minnesota. That Min- Willie Sneed didn't hit. You know. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And that'll come. I mean, they'll have a third. They'll have a play that'll be like third or fourth down and one, and they'll run that little bubble screen and it'll freak teams out because they'll throw it out to Taysom in a in, you know the the back half. Andrew Wright will think, oh my God, it's fourth and short. I got to go up there and tackle him, and the Saints dude will just run right by him. I mean, it's that play is coming, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely for sure. Next week. Uh, let's see. Um. Do you, when, Andrew, when you watch Tom Brady have this much success at 41, do you see Breeze sustaining his performance for another two seasons? Why not? Yeah. I mean, uh, with this offensive line, Thomas and Kamara, I mean, you keep pumping him with the best weapons he's ever had and, and as good of a line as ever, absolutely. And I just don't see – like if the Saints are winning and Breeze is playing this good, like why is he going to leave – why wouldn't you keep playing? Uh, I don't know. I just I don't see him walking away from twenty plus million. This is from Don Takana. Listen to his drunk history; it's fantastic. Uh, do the Saints, Dave? Do the Saints get their next loss against a strong opponent, or will it be against the Bucks again? Oh, it's gonna be against. It's totally against the Bucks. <laughs> it's totally against the Bucks. The, the team. I mean, in, if we're being serious, the team that worries me is the Panthers, but. Uh no, it'll it'll be the Bucks. That's the for, worst team we play. That's right, right. Who's 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 left? That's like terrible. For Andrew, for, for comedy purposes, if the Saints went seventeen and two and won the Super Bowl, and their two losses were to Ryan's Ryan Fitzpatrick, would that be <laughs> the funniest oddity ever for a Super Bowl champion? Where do I sign? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a good. This is a good actual football question from Dylan, and you can both answer. Dave, you can go first. How many wins do the Saints need to get the number one seed? Mm, to guarantee it, I'd say fourteen, but possibly thirteen. Andrew, uh, yeah, I'd say they fourteen. Yeah, they need to win fourteen I, to get it. I think. I think 14 you need to do for the number one seed. I think for the number two seed, though, if the Saints can go five and three in the second half and beat Carolina one time and be 12 and four, I think that almost virtually assures them of being the number two because if they beat Carolina once, then Carolina has to go six and one in the other seven games just to get to 12 and four. And I don't know if Carolina can do that. You know? So I think the Saints. Yesterday's win is really has really locked them into the two seed, which is good at least. Has any team ever lost the first game and then gone undefeated for the rest of the season? No, I don't think That's so. A good question. They have a they have quite a few. I mean, the the Bears went eighteen and one. The Forty ers for one of their title titles went eighteen. Yeah, and but one. I, don't, I don't think either of them lost the opener. No. Um, I'm trying to think. The pa- did the Patriots? They got crushed by Denver in an opener one year. I mean, uh, the Bills, and might have won everything else or just lost one more time. Um, but it, I don't think a team's lost the opener and then run the table. Um, why do? <laughs> let me see. Um, do, 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 do. Do you, oh, we'll get, well, it's time to get to the Bengals game, but before we get to the Bengals game, it's two things. One, donate to the podcast, become a patron. Andrew, how many extra shows did we have fucking last week covering the Saints and Bama? It was like one every goddamn every day. day. Yep. Oh, yeah. are we going to talk about Alabama and Tulane? Nope. <laughs> oh, nope. well, hey, man, Tulane had the big win, the big win of the Fitz era, which, yeah, uh, buddy. my friend, you can listen to Fritz. his, uh, they have the podcast, I forget the name of it, uh, that JP, uh, Fear, Fear, the Fear, Wave, the Wave. Fear the Wave, he has a podcast service of all local Louisiana podcasts, we're on there too, you can find us there, go there, he's really cool, um, the yeah, Dave, Mock LSU, they got their ass kicked, and Tulane had the biggest win of the Fritz, the Fritz era, and they might go to a bowl. We got to win 
two out of the last three to. Uh, Did Tulane make a bowl last year? No, we 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 were. Uh, yeah, we, we. It was arguable whether our quarterback scored a touchdown on the last play of the entire oh, season. Oh yeah, no, and I the thing that is, the Tulane is going to be favored in two of their last three, and. They can still win their division. If they run the table, they can win their Oh, we could go to the championship game. We can go to the American Athletic Conference championship game. If we win, And, Dave, you'll have uh, LSU to thank for giving you their quarterback. (laughs) Exactly right. Yeah, seriously. McMillan, he's now 2-0. Yeah, he's he's looking good. No, I'm glad, man. That's awesome. Yeah, we're excited. Now, homecoming this weekend actually means something. This Tulane football talk has been brought to you by MyBookie.com. You bet, you win, they pay, mybookie.com. Use happy25, get an extra $25 on your donation. They match you dollar for dollar. Uh, Mybookie.com, they're fantastic. Go to to them now. Andrew. Wait, I want to do this. So tell me about, so if I go to mybookie.com, what what do I have to do? You use the code code happy25 and you get an extra $25 on your donation. For free? yeah, free. And you, they match your donation. Uh, the first $100 you put in, you get double what you put in. So if you put in 100 nice. and you use the Saints, the code HAPPY25, you'll have $225 in the account. Boom. Oh, nice. To gamble. You know, for people that like to internet gamble and aren't near the Gulf Coast and can't go to the casinos and lay money down on the money line. So, Saints... Dave, they're in Cincinnati. It's going to be cold. It's going to be like a high how, how of, I, I believe, um, it's going to be a high of 50-something and a low of 33. Oh, okay, and so it'll be, but the game's at noon, right, or whatever, yeah. so it'll be, okay, so it'll be the high. It'll be 50-something. That's a good, that's good football weather. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the high is 49 degrees, a low of 33. The Saints are oh. 9 and 11, including playoffs since 2006, when the temperature is 50 degrees or below at kickoff. The Saints are a four and a half point favorite. AJ Green is not going to play. Uh, Carl Lawson is not going to play. They're a good defensive end, and um, the Bengals, when they don't have AJ. Andy, when they don't have AJ Green, Andy Dalton is usually a disaster. But the Saints are favored by four and a half. Dave, who you got? I mean, obviously, I've uh, <clears throat> I've got the Saints. I mean, on paper, uh, you know, we just finished gushing about the Saints, and we I've been listening all day about how the Saints may you may you could make the argument that they're the best team in the NFL. So, um, obviously, this is a game the Saints should win. The weather doesn't bother me too much. Um, AJ Green being out is a, is a huge plus. Um, you know the Bengals are a decent team. Year in and year out, they're always uh, they always show up. They can't win in the playoffs if they ever do make the playoffs, but that's their own issues. Um, but they're a good team. Andy Dalton's a good quarterback. Um, they've got a decent defense. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> they're thirty second in the league in defense, Dave. The Bengals? Dead. They're 32nd? I did not know that. Dead. No, that can't be. Dead. Look it up. Look it up. Dead it up fucking last. In, in yards per game? The combination of Jameis Winston and Ryan Fitzpatrick threw for like 500 yards on them. And uh, did who lit them up this weekend? Uh, Their secondary is a... They were off I mean, this weekend, I believe. Okay. They got well, lit up. What, they got somebody by Kansas City. They've yeah, given Mahomes. up. Yeah, Mahomes is, threw for like 500 yards on them. They've given up 23, 23, 21, 36, 17, 28, 45, and 34 points. Okay, so that's yeah, that's points. But yards per game, they're ranked 26. They're not dead last. No, they're I just averaging. looked at it. They're they're dead last. What are you talking about? They they average giving up three hundred and forty four point three. Oh wait, hold on. This is still on offense. Yeah, never, yeah, never, yeah, mind. Yeah. I never. I did not know that. Is, that is never shit shit together. Don't ever question me. Hold on, I'm still questioning. Yeah. Okay, you're right. Yeah, they do. 
um, well, I gotta say that's really surprising. It is. Um, I'm a little stunned but, by that. But it's yeah. But it's secondary. I mean, they give up. They, they give up 450 like, yards. Yeah. A game. Yeah. I mean, they're passionate. I mean, they still have uh, Gino, right? I mean, their their defensive line is probably decent, right? No. Gino, Gino, Gino booked Gino booked one of my bands for his wedding. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Carlos Dunlap and uh, Gino Atkins. But I don't know, man. Like again, offensive line. Like I just. Right, right. Teams with good pass He's... rushes don't really scare me right now. <laughs> I, I know that's really weird to and say. And Cincinnati but... doesn't even qualify as having a good pass rush, in my opinion. Not, not in their current state. Right. Yeah. But I, I mean, mean, but I mean, but they're they're capable of of playing a good football game and putting. I mean, as long as Breeze, you know, as long as the cold weather doesn't turn him into a pumpkin, as long as he doesn't go with the gloves, <laughs> just keep the goddamn gloves off. <laughs> anyway, um, Saints should win this one. Um, but I, I think it, I think it might be closer than we're all hoping, you know, maybe because the saints, uh, maybe the players are starting to get a little cocky or a little too comfortable. Um, I'm hoping this isn't like one of those, uh, wake up games, but I'm going to say, it does, uh, it does kind of feel like a trap game a little yeah, bit. Yeah. I wasn't going to say trap, but you know, just a little, you know, I, I think they, they, they might start off a little slow in the, in this game and realize, oh shit, we can't just phone it in and, and beat a team like yeah. this. We we still have to actually play. Um, so I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say Saints 32, Bengals 27. Um, and uh, I am gonna go with I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Watson. As my oh, player of the game, oh, he had a quality. He had a quality baby reveal. Um, Cannot if he would have had like a, he would have had like a blue shirt underneath. Oh, I guess it's twins, but I guess if anyone he had like a like a blue prop or a or a pink prop to go with putting the ball in his underneath his jersey, that would have been top notch. Uh, ben Watson's wife went to high school with my wife. They ran track together. He's gonna have, no after the twins come. He's gonna have seven kids. Yeah. A lot of Fortunately, yeah. he could afford them. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know seven that. It, can, can anyone <laughs> afford seven kids? I mean, I mean even Breeze stopped. Even Breeze stopped at four. <laughs> seven kids in private school, man. That is expensive. Yeah. I mean, I don't think an Advocare sponsorship can cover seven kids. <laughs> So, uh, Andrew, he better, he better he better keep writing those books. He needs to he needs to write those books. He, he maybe he can be like a he can become like a pundit on like CNN or wherever, uh, and and still pull in like six seven figures because he's gonna need it, man. Seven seven kids and like private school like twenty thirty grand a year, man. You're talking two hundred grand a year. Yeah. School alone. Why why do they have to go to private school? Because he, he lives in New Orleans. I don't know oh, if he does. I don't know whether his wife and kids live in New Orleans. That that might not be true. I mean, just I figured they would go to private. Well, school she's from she's in, from Baton Rouge. She's so, in the yeah. upper one percent uh-huh. of the income yeah. people in America. So Andrew, who you got? Saints four and a half point favorite, but it's ticking up. In fact, it's five uh, on footballlocks.com. I'm going to say Saints 45, Bengals 17. I oh. think I, – I, I No think way. No Breeze, way. Breeze is white hot right now. I think I think it's going to be ugly early. I think the Saints are going to blitz him right from the first snap. And I just think the fans are going to check out. And it's just – it's just you know, it's going to be a, a smooth sail in second half. Um, I, I just think this is going to be one of those games where – the Saints are firing on all cylinders right now. They're playing really good. And I would be more nervous with A.J. Green because he's just such a great receiver. But now, you know, with him out, I just don't think Andy Dalton's going to know what to do. Um, I think he's going to throw a pick early. And the Saints kind of run away with this one. So uh, I think because the Bengals are so bad with their secondary, I think this is going to be one of those games where Sean Payton spreads it out. Um, you know, Austin Carr is going to get a touchdown. It's going to be one of those games, you know, where where, where Breeze throws fifty five times and 
they don't run because they don't need to, and they just. I'm gonna give my MVP to Breeze. I think he throws five TDs. Five TDs. And, wow. And I, I don't think, think any of this is happening. And I think Cam Jordan's gonna have three sacks. Yeah. Uh, well, here's the thing. My wife is doing a wedding in Vegas, so I am on daddy duty starting on Wednesday all by myself. So if I'm still alive, if I'm I'm still alive come Sunday, I'll be enjoying the game and getting drunk. And my son will be playing uh, Learn Spanish on the iPad because I'm a great dad. (laughs) So I'm going to say this is going to be like Dave. Dave, do you also I mean, I'm guilty of this, too. I'm just curious, Dave. Do you are you heavy on screen time during Saints games? Uh, no, I mean, uh, it depends on what we're doing. You know, we find ourselves, I feel like this season we found ourselves out somewhere watching the games. Like we went to the fly to watch the Vikings game. Uh, we watched that outside at like a tailgate thing. That was really cool. Um, see, I can't do that. I need to be in my element. No, no, I can be distraction. No, I can be distracted. I have, I have to be able to hear the game though and, and be able to watch it undisturbed but i can have things going on around me um so uh but uh no we're, we're pretty uh we're pretty we crack down on the screen time we don't do screens uh, uh at restaurants or anything like that uh we we limit that that stuff we do in restaurants us. and different things but other places we do not. I mean, for football games, we. What I try to do is, I try to like wear him out a little bit, and then during the football games, I try to. I want to brainwash him. I've got him totally brainwashed and psyched for LSU. Like he was psyched for the Alabama game until I put him to bed. He was probably lucky that he didn't get to see LSU just get destroyed. But for the Saints, I'm having his, I'm having a little bit of trouble because the Saints don't have fun like fight songs, and I don't have as many props for the Saints as I do for LSU. I got tiger paws and tigers and hats and different things. Um, so he gets a lot of screen time during the Saints. For LSU, we do celebrations and whatnot. So I'm a terrible parent during Saints games. Is that's the bottom line? Um, Just go so, buy him a flip phone. We know you're going to make a stop at the liquor store soon, Ralph. So just go ahead and buy the flip phone with it. <laughs> but by the way, I, I mean, what liquor store has a fucking flip phone? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, only, I thought only drug dealers still had flip phones. Drug dealers and NCAA football coaches that are doing nefarious things in the recruiting game. Those are the only two people I thought still had flip phones. Um, I'm going to say this game is going to be like the Bears game last year where the Saints win and they end up winning and covering the spread and everything's fine. But for like three quarters, you're like not really worried they're going to lose, but you're like, could you put this away already? Could you just put it away? And the Saints are never quite going to put it away and it's going to end up being... 31 to 21 Saints, and it's going to be bumpy, and it's kind of going to be really messy and maybe a turnover, too, in the first half. Uh, I'm going to say my MVP is going to be... Hmm, I'm going to give it to... Um, Anzalone got a pick last game. You know what? I'm going to say Sheldon Rankins is going to have another monster game. and He's going to get himself another two sacks. He's going to get two sacks, and he's going to have a fat guy touchdown. We haven't had a fat guy touchdown for the Saints in a long, long time. (laughs) So that's my pick, Sheldon Rankins. So um, that wraps it up. Uh, Wrap it up. Wrap, Wrap it up. Oh, by the way, the Cowboys are getting rolled in their own stadium on Monday night, and uh, I think they have a backup quarterback. Oh, they were doing a trick play. They tried to throw it to Dak. I thought they had a Yeah, did you just see that play? That play was a disaster. It was. They barely, I was like, they barely got the hand. <laughs> who who did they say? 
Who do they think they have? Taysom Hill? I was like, why do they have a midget playing quarterback? What happened to Dak? Um, but they just did a trick play with Cole Bleasley that was a fucking disaster, as Dave said. So, um, for Dave, for Andrew, uh, I'm Ralph. Until next week, the bar is closed. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.